2: Getting really clear about what it is you really desire is the very first step. And then you have to make a decision that you want it. For me, I visualized myself living really abundantly and already having achieved or accomplished what it is that I desire. And I'm doing that throughout the day.
3: Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Allison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately.
0: Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Susie, that was a really sexy introduction. Was it? Yes wasn't meant to be (laughs) it's because our mics are effed up today it was meant to be
4: different but not necessarily sexy so i'm glad i played off that way i know
0: it it worked well so a whole different type of podcast (laughs) that's not actually where we're going today we're going in a different direction today (laughs) so on another note we live in a strange and distorted time i'd say that again (laughs) yeah I'm not even talking about Trump, okay? I know I wasn't Trump. either. Oh, that's what I thought you were going. No, I meant world over. It's just a strange time. It is a strange time. Well, well the strange time I'm talking about is a time of Instagram filters, airbrushing, plastic surgery. Remember that embarrassing incident in high school? Now imagine it had been Facebook Live, posted to social media. I mean, it's just a whole new ball game for today's teens. They're under so much pressure to be flawless, to be popular, to be liked. And we were too, but it wasn't public. It was different. It was different. And it was bad
4: enough then. Yeah, it's even worse now. Dr. Carla Stokes was an awkward teenager. She simply didn't fit in. She struggled with body image issues and low self-esteem. But she knew that she wanted to become an adult that young girls could talk to. Now, Dr. Carla is a transformational life coach for teenage girls and an inspirational speaker. Her Teen Girl University is a girl empowerment program that teaches girls what they're not being taught at school, self-love, mindfulness, and healing the sisterhood wound. Her program helps girls come together globally to connect with, encourage, and support each other.
0: I just absolutely love what she's doing. She's amazing. Dr. Carla also runs a business academy, which is dedicated to teaching women how to create sustainable and profitable businesses through speaking and coaching. The biggest challenge she comes across with her business clients is one that she also had to overcome, lack of confidence to charge for her work. We truly admire the work that Carla is doing, and of course, since this is the Spirit Junkie series, you can bet Carla is a spirit junkie, and Carla and I got to meet at Gabby's Mastermind in New York, which is kind of like level three of Spirit Junkie Masterclass. You're such a
4: spirit junkie, I know.
0: You're a level three. We are all level three. Yeah, a little bit. So (laughs) me and Carla are level three. Okay, but uh, no, you can level one is incredible. Level two is incredible. Level three is more one-on-one where you actually get to get advice directly from Gabby. But in level one, you get the coaching calls. So there's just, they're all amazing. I I can't even speak to how great they are. Um, But yeah, we got to meet in New York at Gabby's place. And, you know, Dr. Carla is just fierce and smart. And I'm so excited to have her on today. But first, in case you missed it, on Friday, we were thrilled to announce that Spirit Junkie
4: Masterclass Digital is open for enrollment at spiritjunkienation.com. For more than a decade, Gabby Bernstein has worked as an international speaker, number 1 New York Times best-selling author, and spiritual teacher. And with this transformational course, she has helped
0: thousands of people like me step into their power, own their purpose, and take action on their dreams. And now, it's your turn. It's
4: your turn. Yeah. During the Spirit Junkie Masterclass Digital Course, Gabby will guide you to Clear the blocks that keep you from owning your purpose. Build a successful spiritual business or bring your spiritual principles
0: into your current career by following her proven, practical, spiritually aligned action method.
4: Strengthen your spiritual practice and experience a personal transformation with her spiritual deep dive.
0: Become unapologetic, I love that word, unapologetic about accepting your divine purpose and earning for your great work. That's so important. I know. Use your gifts to serve others in big and meaningful ways. Write books, create products, and design programs people can't wait to buy and attract that audience to you. Gain the confidence to actually do what you've been dreaming of. Good Lord, I got chills. Learn how to be seen and heard with her powerful method for marketing, publicity, and social media. And if you enroll through our link at spiritjunkienation.com, you will get an abundance of bonuses from us, like six months of our brand new Food Heals VIP club, where you're going to get brand new episodes of the Food Heals podcast never before heard on the topics of holistic health entrepreneurship and manifestation here are just a few of our favorite titles
4: six tips to feel radiant with Tess Chalice I want to feel radiant you are
0: radiant I know how to make a four-course vegan meal with Vince Leah. how to write a best-selling book with Avita Rampart emotional freedom technique with our very own Susie hardy who talks about tapping trauma away
4: how to create engaged and
0: profitable facebook groups with jill stanton i mean there's so many good ones we're not going to list them all because it would take the whole podcast but those are just a few of the incredible episodes that will be in the vip club for you you'll get six months of bonus episodes for free But that's not all.
4: She's singing, folks. You know it's good. What else will they get? You will also get our course, Podcast Greenlight, Marketing and Monetization Success Strategies, absolutely free. Absolutely. In this course, we will teach you... How to build relationships with your listeners and create diehard fans just like we did. Just like we did. How to get sponsors before you launch.
0: Or if you're already launched and you just have low download numbers, we're going to get you some sponsors. How to run a successful giveaway to dramatically increase engagement. That's about swag bags, people. It's swag all bags. about the swag
4: bags. you got to give good swag.
0: <laughs> we're going to teach you unique marketing strategies to reach your target audience. Advanced monetization strategies to create passive income. 10 Ways to Monetize Your Podcast and Your Brand. How to throw an unforgettable party and get paid for it. I really like your enthusiasm on that one. How can you not get excited to get paid to throw a party? I know. We did it. It's all about the sponsored parties, man. People will come. I know. And set up their booth and pay you to do it. And we're going to teach you how to do that. It's amazing. I know. It's the best. And of course, we're going to teach you how podcasting can take your brand or your business to the next level. And you'll also get two live training calls with Gabby Bernstein herself. These calls are literally priceless, Food Heals Nation. I know I say a lot of stuff is priceless, but they are I get to do the coaching calls with Gabby and she gives me so much clarity advice and really concrete action steps on those calls so the first call it's going to help you clarify your visions and clear the obstacles that are holding you back and the second will get you into action on whatever it is that you need to do it's so important you have to have a spiritual relationship of your own understanding right with yourself and then you can take action steps to manifest whatever you want to happen And that's what these calls are about. And
4: sometimes you get in your own way. And so to have someone go, okay, do this. Yeah. Do this and this and this and this and this. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. What else do you need? You just take the actions.
0: No, I'm telling you, like, I went, for one of the trainings, I went in and I was like, okay, Gabby, here's what I'm working on and I can't wait to get your business advice on this. And she was like, girl. You got the business. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about how you're running from your trauma. And I was like, no, I want to talk about business. And we did. (laughs) But first, she had to put me in touch with her tapping for trauma coach, Lori Layden, so that I could work on releasing some of my blocks. Because as many action steps as I was taking, they weren't all hitting because I was blocking Mm -hmm. my own self. I'm not a stranger to that. Exactly. You know what I'm talking
4: about. I do. Food Hills Nation, you know what we're talking about. So, what else we got? What else? Well, we have... Six. <laughs> well, tell well, them on. <laughs> we're going to give you guys six guided meditations, written and voiced by me, yours truly, Woo-hoo! working working voice of an artist. I'm not going to talk like that. I promise. I'll please, be in my... I'll please be, talk <laughs> like that. It be so funny. <laughs> I'm going to be in my calm Zen voice. I'm going to be in my calm Zen voice just like that. Yes. Um, you know, I've been using guided meditation. I was actually taught guided meditations when I was in first grade mm. by an amazing teacher that I had. And... That's incredible. That never happens in first grade, by the way. <laughs> no, I was very lucky. And, you know, as a child, you're much more receptive to it. You're just like, oh, wow. And it was so cool. And I've used them ever since. And I, and I started to create my own because I thought I've had so much experience with it. So some of the ones we came up with uh, to give you guys are attracting abundance into all areas of your life, getting clarity on a question by asking for a secret sign. Love that one. Releasing anxiety and finally finding peace
0: need that one removing
4: creative blocks and finding divine inspiration your body can heal itself this is this is very powerful especially mm-hmm. if you're dealing with any sort of health issue because it's going to allow you to reverse the thinking that that you need something else outside of yourself yes. to heal your body because as we have talked a lot about in this podcast mind over matter your mind can heal your body so much. Um, there's so much documentation on this and lastly be the love that you seek so these are going to be, you know, 20-minute meditations guided. All you have to do is sit back, relax, and listen over and over again and allow it to bring about all the things that we're talking about. Yeah, and in
0: my experience, meditations like these can be so powerful, but you have to do it. So you have to and, – and when I say you have to do it, there's not much you have to do. No, you just have to listen. You just have to listen. You can do them at work. You can do them at home. You can do them at a park you can do them not in the car. No, you don't want to do them in the car. <laughs> I was going to say you can listen to a podcast in the car, but don't listen to the meditation in the car. But you can do these almost anywhere and you will feel the results. And so just just try them out. You're going to like them. So there are even more bonuses we haven't even gotten to yet. So stay tuned to the end of this episode and we will tell you all the other bonuses we're offering. But of course, if you just can't wait, go to nation.com to find out. <laughs> Sorry, I have to do it. <laughs> my com- my fake commercial voice. <laughs> But Food Heals Nation, the value of all of the bonuses is over, with our bonuses and Gabby's bonuses over $5,000. I, I I don't even know what to say about that. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> and we're going to get to Carla's interview shortly. But first, our friend Lindsay Kirsch, also a spirit junkie, sent in a testimonial of what Spirit Junkie Masterclass has meant to her.
1: So we wanted to play that
0: for you now.
3: Roll it, Roxy!
1: <laughs> Hi, My name is Lindsay, and I'm an entrepreneur and the founder of Lindsay Kirsch Performance. I help individuals and small businesses focus, take action, and get outside of their comfort zone, leveraging different tools, systems, and technology. Last June in 2016, I had no idea who Gabby was. In fact, I went to Wanderlust with some friends and skipped all of Gabby's sessions because they were just too crowded. But then I came home, and Gabby was everywhere. She was on my social media, she was in my email, and even a few of my friends wouldn't stop talking about her. I couldn't ignore Gabby. So, reluctantly, I watched one of her webinars. Well, I watched half of it, but it was a little too woo woo, and my friend was over, so I felt goofy watching it. But something hit me about the way she spoke. I came back to the video the next day and watched again. Gabby's authenticity and vulnerability pulled me in. I had no idea who she was. I really did not have the money because I was in the middle of an ugly divorce. But I pulled out my credit card and I signed up. Immediately, within week one, the shifts began to happen. Gabby talked about the work that we do and having a spiritual relationship of our own understanding. As someone with no prior religious or spiritual practice, this was such a relief to me. I was free to investigate and explore in my own way. The fear talk hit me hard. I will never forget listening to it on my living room floor and feeling like the floodgates had opened around everything I believed. It was intense. I felt both physical and emotional pain throughout my entire body, but then I felt release. I had a huge shift that day, a shift from thinking that what I had to be was what everyone else wanted me to be versus being me. At this point, I knew I was exactly where I was supposed to be and that my journey was my new mission to share. After completing Spirit Junkie Masterclass, I went on to complete my first May Cause Miracles 40-day practice. I'm now in my fourth round. And also Spirit Junkie Masterclass Level 2. I'm a proud alumni. As a single mom of two young girls, I'm living the life I've always dreamed up. I have trust in what is happening for me every day. I have released panic and fear, and even when it does come up, I have an amazing Spirit Junkie community and the tools to work through it. One reason why you should take this course? It's a lifetime tool. I still come back to the recordings on a regular basis, and the individuals that I have met are my family. Regardless of where you are, who you are, or what you are up to, you will receive tremendous value from this course. Come join the Spirit Junkie community and be a part of our family. We would love to have you.
0: Thank you so much, Lindsay, for sending that in. Lindsay is an incredible Spirit Junkie, and I'm really impressed with the work she's doing. I also wanted to play a clip from Spirit Junkie Masterclass about being a teacher. And I'm not necessarily talking about a school teacher, though, of course, you could be, but this clip is really all about how we are all teachers. And how love is the lesson. So if you've overcome something, if you have a passion, if you want to help people, then you are a teacher. And so this is just a taste of some of the things that Gabby talks about in Spirit Junkie Masterclass. So again,
4: can you... Roll it, Roxy! Roxy. That was so (laughs) off-key! I think that was my fault.
5: A teacher of love is anyone who chooses to be one. Her qualifications consist solely in this way. Somehow, somewhere, she has made a deliberate choice in which she did not see her interests as apart from someone else's. Once she has done that, her road is established and her direction is sure. A light has entered the darkness. It may be a single light, but it's enough. They come from all over the world. They come from all regions and from all religions. They are the ones who have answered. The call is universal. It goes on all the time everywhere. It calls for teachers to speak for it and redeem the world. Many hear it, but few will answer. You answered. Many hear it, but few will answer. So really, take it in, guys. You answered. You said yes.
0: So I love that clip and we hope that you answer the call to enroll
4: in Spirit Junkie Masterclass. You know what I love about that clip is I've heard that so many times that we're here as souls mm-hmm. on this planet to teach. Yeah. And to, to, and learn, to teach. To learn and to learn, To learn and to teach, but through love. Whether love you're a teacher it. in a classroom or, or doing other things, it's all about learning lessons and growing and loving and letting all the other crap go and so agree with that clip. It's so true.
0: And it reminds me of our interviewee today. She's an amazing keynote speaker. Teacher. Yes, a teacher, empowerment coach, and health and media literacy educator, Dr. Carla Stokes. So next up, our interview with Carla.
3: The Food Heals Podcast starts now.
0: For more than two decades, Dr. Carla has educated, mentored, and coached thousands of teen girls. She has been passionate about girl empowerment since her freshman year in college when she began volunteering as a peer educator, mentoring vulnerable teens and children in Atlanta and Washington, D.C., Known for translating academic research into innovative programs for teen girls, she is respected internationally as a trailblazer in the fields of adolescent health and behavior, girl empowerment, and positive youth development.
4: It's so important, and I don't know anybody else that's doing this work. I know. She's incredible. Thank you, Carla. (laughs) Thank you, Carla. Dr. Carla's work has been featured in media outlets, including the New York Times, Women's Day, Ebony, Yahoo, Parenting, Attention with a colon, and daughters. She has also been interviewed as an expert on morning shows and television networks around the U.S., such as NBC, CBS, and Fox.
0: In her free time, Dr. Carla enjoys playing with her rescue dog and mischievous cats, who she affectionately refers to as the real house cats of Atlanta. (laughs) (laughs) Too funny. Welcome, Dr. Carla. Hello, how are you? Thanks for having me. So glad to have you. So, can you just tell us a little bit about the real house cats of Atlanta?
2: It's funny that you mentioned that because one of them is with me during this interview and it's so ironic because part of why I call them that is because I've rescued four cats I started out with two that I adopted and then two more kind of showed up on my doorstep mm-hmm. so now they do dealing- that don't they yeah <laughs> they do and I'm dealing with this mean girl situation in my house where literally the one that's in my office I have to keep her separated from this other one she's like the Regina George cat <laughs> It's been going on for about a year now. It's kind of a nightmare, but I post often about it online. They've got an Instagram page that I started, but this is exactly what I do with teenage girls, so that's why I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. so you're applying
4: your teenage girl rules to your kitties.
2: Exactly. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. But they don't, they're not the same. They don't, they're not understanding what I'm trying to get across. And they actually, you know, get to the point where they're like, if the Regina George girl gets into my office by accident, like, I mean, there have been some just knock down, drag out, like for a flying flight. So it gets really, pretty really intense around here.
0: <laughs> that is so funny. And I feel like you must have attracted that into your life because that's like,
4: well, you're like working a thematic mythic message, right? like you can apply <laughs> it to cats, you know, teenage girls, what have you whatever
0: <gasps> whatever works That is too funny. Um so how can we
2: just really quick follow your Instagram for
5: the cats oh. <laughs>
2: You know it's funny. I was like, do I want to be publicly associated with them because then I've got <gasps> to what I say but and plus they're kind of crazy but yeah. um it's it's the real house cats of ATL love it. Okay, I'm looking them up right now. Um,
0: <laughs> but let's get started. Um so I got the w- amazing opportunity to meet you in New York at Gabby Bernstein's Mastermind, which is kind of like level 3 after Spirit Junkie Masterclass levels 1 and 2. So I got to learn about you and what you do. But for our listeners, can you just give everyone a taste of like who you are, what you do, and what inspires you?
2: Oh yeah. Well, I am a Life coach, a transformational coach for teenage girls, as well as an inspirational speaker and a health educator. That's actually my academic background. Mm-hmm. And basically, I work with girls and help them to get through the teenage years, which I'm sure all of you can kind of remember, um, yep. <laughs> I've talked to. yeah, they can be, you know, pretty rough, especially during middle school. That's one of the, the age groups that I really love working with, but I help girls learn how to really develop self love and just overcome the daily drama that they experience, um, you know, during those years and really come out of it in a way where they're thriving, not just, surviving, but thriving through it. And I really try to teach them some of the lessons that I've learned as an adult woman and things that I experienced as a young girl, like what I wish I had a mentor or a coach, um, someone who could have told me back then when I really needed to hear it.
0: It's so true, because I remember, like you, you mentioned Mean Girls, the film, and I remember those types of things happening during those formative years. And I didn't know anything about self-love or being confident or being truly who I was. And so can you talk a little bit about, like, first of all, what's happening right now? What are the schools like right now? Because that movie doesn't even address the fact that we've got the internet and social media Cyber and online bullying. bullying. Exactly.
2: Yeah, actually, that movie was um, based on Rosalind Wiseman's book, queen bees and wannabes. And she did update it recently to address digital. I mean, that's one of the biggest shifts that I've seen. I've been working with girls since I was a teenager. So that was back in the early nineties, obviously a lot has happened since then. I actually wrote my dissertation on teenage girls and social media. And I started doing the research in the late nineties before MySpace, before Facebook, before, Instagram, Twitter, and all of these, you know, you know, by the time you listen to this podcast, there's probably going to be a new, um, a new Snapchat <laughs> or something that the girls are using because it's really hard to keep up That's with. True. Um, yep. I hear, way I hear they Snapchat's are. not
4: even, they don't even do Snapchat anymore.
2: They oh, moved boy. on to Insta
4: story and yeah, snap snaps out. That's what
2: I hear. They're definitely there. Cause I, I've got some of them that, um, they follow me, but yeah, they're constantly shifting. And I was wondering about that as, you know, Facebook is adding new features and Instagram. Yeah. I mean, they just, they're very fluid. So that's one of the challenges that parents and educators have in keeping up with the trends. That's part of what I actually teach in my workshops. And um, as an educator, you know, I teach teens or I teach teens, but I also teach adults and how they can be, how to keep up with teens and how to understand them and communicate with them. And, you know, they have their own secret language and, Basically, what's changed is that a lot of, you know, I was thinking of something embarrassing that happened to me when I was in high school. And if there had been like Facebook Live, you know, and Mm -hmm. I was being live streamed or broadcast, you know, it really adds another layer of complexity and um, it can be a real source of shame.
4: It is a whole other level that we didn't have to deal with when we were kids. Like it's a whole other level. And also for the kids and for the parents and facilitators, teachers, where it's its own world. Where things can exist there, whether it be good or bad. I'm really like thinking about it because I don't have kids yet. I'm really thinking about like, wow, that's a whole other level to deal with.
2: It's a lot to deal with. And I mean, what some of what I really focus on is just around like just this whole pressure to be liked and to be accepted and to be popular and wanting to get comments and hearts. And I mean, it's just, Mm -hmm. it can be very overwhelming for girls. For example, I have some of the girls that I coach. I might be, I remember I was in the middle of coaching a girl over Skype. And she just pulled out her phone, and she saw something, and she just starts crying. And she was crying because there was a party that she wasn't invited to. And, I mean, I I hear this all the time, but she was, you know, not in the picture. And um, she saw all of her friends who had attended a party that she was not a part of. And she just had a meltdown right there in the middle of our coaching session. So those are the kinds of things, you know, being cropped out of photos. So that's pretty common. You know, during my coaching sessions, girls will come to – Uh, the session or to a workshop that I'm giving and they'll be sharing different experiences that they're having on social media. And these are things that we just haven't, you know, we didn't experience. Well, depending on how young you are. Uh, But I didn't grow up with social media when I was in high school. There Also, I don't only want to focus on the negative aspects because there are girls that are actually using media in positive ways to speak out about injustice and to share their stories and their health challenges. So it can actually be, you know, there are a lot of positive benefits to social media. Girls are becoming YouTube bloggers, for example, and learning to use their voices in positive ways and speak out. But a lot of what schools and parents reach out to me about is some of the more concerning aspects of social media. And I mean, there's also this aspect of a girl can be anonymously bullied Mm -hmm. and it's difficult for the school to trace where it's coming from or they may not want to get involved. So parents really do have their hands full.
0: I mean, that's horrifying to imagine that these kids can be anonymously bullied. It's bad enough when you know where it's coming from, but to have it be anonymous is terrifying. Can you tell us a little bit about like what motivated you to become this transformational coach and inspirational speaker for teen girls?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I go way back to my, I guess, elementary school. I was an awkward girl. And I had a hard time fitting in. Actually, when I was in fourth grade, I had to go to a special school because I was gifted and talented. And I was really in this place where I was reading my Sweet Valley High books, and I just wanted to be popular and a cheerleader. And I wasn't interested in being smart, but I actually, um, I was really smart. And so I was uh, really downplaying my intelligence, but I didn't really fit in. And I was you know pretty awkward at that age and really struggled during middle school with body image issues and low self-esteem and it really wasn't until high school that I grew out of that but even though on the outside by the time I got to high school I did eventually start to get good grades and apply myself you know on the outside it looked like everything was okay but I was actually really struggling this is a story that I share with the girls when I'm speaking a lot of times is when I was about my sophomore year, I discovered that I had a lump in my breast and it was about the size of a golf ball. Oh my and gosh.
0: That's huge. Yeah I, was,
2: yeah. I was secretly um I hid this for a couple of years. So nobody knew about it. I didn't tell my parents about it. I was just secretly freaking out that I had breast cancer. I thought I was dying. I didn't want to stress my parents out. And it wasn't until my high school boyfriend at the time I really threatened to tell my mom about it because he was concerned. You know, he's like, you can't have this lump in your rest and not tell anyone. So that was really when I decided that I needed to do something about it because I was more afraid of how my mom would react if she found out that my boyfriend knew anything about my breast than actually the, the threat of possibly having breast cancer. I was really embarrassed about going to the doctor and I was just really an insecure teenage girl. And so I had to have surgery. And luckily, the lump was benign. But it was a really traumatic experience for me at the time. And I remember, after I took the band off, I had like, you know, a scar. And I just I remember breaking down and crying and thinking, you know, my mom finding me in the bathroom and, you know, telling her I thought that nobody was going to want to marry me. And so I really struggled. Oh. With just like, body image issues, you know, and so um, I just decided at that time that I didn't know exactly what I wanted to be when I grew up, but I knew that I wanted to be an adult that young girls could come to and feel safe talking to you about their bodies and wanted to educate girls. And so that led me into health education, studying adolescent girls' health. And eventually I started to go into different classrooms and schools, and I was a peer educator teaching younger teens about how to have healthy relationships and how to take care of their bodies. And that's ultimately what led me to pursue a PhD in public health, which then led me to create a nonprofit organization for teenage girls, which is based on my dissertation work on girls and social media. And that is what has ultimately evolved into my current work as a coach and a speaker. And so this has been a 25-year journey for me.
0: Absolutely. Wow. And I want to ask you all about um, Teen Girl University, but first, can you tell us, how did you overcome that awful feeling and that misbelief that, oh, my God, will anyone ever marry me? Like, how did you overcome that trauma?
2: You know, I think at the time, I remember my mom just looking at me, and we didn't really talk about these things, like a lot of girls and their moms at the time. We didn't, you know, I was really ashamed and embarrassed, but, you know, she, I remember or she hugged me and she told me basically how ridiculous that was and how if somebody really loves me. They wouldn't care about something as superficial as a scar. But even today, this is a message that comes up with the girls. And a couple of years ago, I was speaking to a group of girls and Beyonce had a really popular song called Flawless. Mm-hmm. And so, so- I... I- you know, it was a theme that came up when I shared this story, but there's just so much pressure for girls. They live in an airbrushed world, Yeah, yeah. Where, you know, models and, you know, stretch marks like women don't have, you know, very real, I guess, quote unquote flaws and imperfections that we all have. And so it's been a process. I mean, to be honest with you, I just had to go to the hospital, alley. you know about how I injured my hand, mm-hmm. and I had to get, like, they couldn't put stitches in. There was some crazy situation at the ER, so now I just took the bandage off, and I have this huge scar on my hand, and I had to really catch myself, because I was like, I'm really not happy about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand. <laughs> but then I had to really you know turn it into something positive so the scar on my breast I realized like this is actually a source of strength that reminds me that I overcame something that could have killed me Mm -hmm. and that I was you know really strong and so you know even as an adult and looking at this scar on my hand and realizing that it might be temporary it's just consciously getting to a place of gratitude like I had to wear a splint on my finger and I was just complaining the whole time I had it on for a month, I couldn't write anything. Mm-hmm. And then it, I realized I had to change my perception about the scar. And since I love to draw, it was really just a reminder that this is something that I want to get back into when I want to incorporate it into my teen girl university program. So I think that the timing was perfect because it just reminded me of how lucky I am and how fortunate I am to be able to even have a hand and to have five fingers. And my finger didn't, you know, get cut off. So that's something that I try to help girls. into perspective when they are spinning out of control and their emotions are um, getting the best of them when they're being really self-critical. So it's been a process that I've had to uh, learn over the course of my lifetime. And it's something that I'm still teaching myself in the moment.
4: Yeah. I think Dr. Carla, I think a lot of girls and women can relate to that. I myself was bitten on the face by a dog when I was two. (laughs) I was too young to even know. Like, obviously, I went through pain, and I have, like, pseudo-memories of it. But my parents are freaking out, thinking, what is this going to do? Is she going to get scarred? I had so many stitches, and I was so young. And I was actually so young, and I had so many. And I had such a good plastic surgeon that I actually never... Had any noticeable thing, but they always reminded me of it. And they're like, "Oh, your scar." And my my brother at the time was like, "Susie has whiskers," because I had these stitches sticking out of my face, and he just (laughs) thought of a cat. And it's so interesting because like sometimes you can see it, and sometimes you can't. Mm -hmm. So I have this like sort of invisible, sort of not like sometimes when I sweat or if I'm tan, you can kind of see it. And it's it's, I've never seen it. You've never seen it. it. They did a really good job, but. It's so interesting cuz like I know it's there. Like I yeah. had this wound on my face which is huge, which you know? is a big deal. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like I've had other scars other places and it's like those are your those are your battle scars. It's like going through life. Like we're kind of we're in an age where actually when you think about it there's all these historical shows, right? Or even Game of Thrones, which isn't historical but fantasy, but there's all these shows out there that show different time periods where people really had severe scars if they lost limbs or digits mm-hmm. or whatever, noses, and we're we're lucky we live in this age where we have a lot of that not happening, but at the same time, when it does happen, it's even worse because there's so few people with such traumatic things, or or we inflate them in our minds, like these girls that you're talking about, or when you were a teenager. One thing I want to share with you and our audience is castor oil dissolves scar tissue. Oh, does it? It does. Um, when applied topically and then put heat over it over a period of time, it actually dissolves scar tissue, which is from Edgar Cayce. It's something I used in my... Um, massage practice but on top of that for me sometimes when I get like scars on my hand or something like that like I cut my hand open recently uh, in the kitchen and there's a part of me that's like oh I gotta fix that it's gotta heal Um, and then there's a part of me that's like no this is just part of my life and yeah I have a, a scar on my hand who cares mm-hmm. you know it's, it's it's this interesting balance and I could understand being a teenager in this day and age with the flawlessness and having to be perfect and having airbrushing and filters on Instagram. And it's like, no one's real mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. It's this weird sort of dysmorphic time where, especially for young girls, it's like, they're kind of having to balance that out. And I can understand it being very traumatic and difficult to navigate. Like they need to talk to people that didn't grow up with social media or didn't grow up with Instagram filters. Like it's okay. It's okay. You know?
2: Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm glad you mentioned the filters because that's so relevant and it comes up so much. And I remember in my freshman year yearbook photo, I had this huge pimple on the tip of my nose, of course, like the day of the pictures. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And I couldn't just like drag my finger over it on my iPhone and, you know, make it disappear. But Uh, yeah, I had to, you know, that was my picture. And I remember being really mortified and I just think it's important that one of the things or one of the tips I would have for adults, whether you have a daughter or not, is just really about just being careful how we talk about ourselves and how we talk about our bodies um, when we're around girls who are listening and also just around each other.
0: It's so true because we are the people saying like not to care. But we also have to live that example because I know I'm guilty of it being like, oh, my God, I'm so fat. Someone's like, oh, you look pretty. or you? I like your dress. And you're like, oh, you I'm so fat it. today. And it's not accepting the compliment. And so I learned a long time ago just to say thank you. And yeah. some people are surprised when you yeah. say thank you. They're like, you're welcome. Well, you know,
4: you know, what's the, the most interesting thing that I had to learn becoming, you know, growing and, and going old, mm-hmm. getting older and becoming a woman is that. The most attractive you ever are is when you are confident and loving yourself. Yes. Because you're not asking for other people to give you their approval and then it's attractive. Mm-hmm. And I've and I've mm-hmm. seen this over and over again and I've gone in and out of it where I don't care and people flock to me or, yeah. or I do care and it kind of pushes them away. This is a more important lesson, <clears throat> excuse me, than learning how to run your finger over your Instagram photo and fixing the pimple on your nose. Because if you could have that pimple on your nose and be like, I am a hot bitch and I'm fun and I'm funny and come hang out with me, that is so much more attractive
2: than a perfect, flawless space. Even at some of the workshops that I do, I'll show like aging ads, like anti-aging, you know, ads and like really get them to think about that. And I know, I can't remember where I saw, I was on Tracy Ellis Ross's Instagram, and there's like, she reposted something a couple of days ago, and there's this gorgeous woman with gray hair, and she's just talking about how she feels about getting older, and I think it's this series that I've been kind of just randomly seeing, mm-hmm. but I think those are the types of things that we need to start to show girls, because I remember even when I was 14, I thought 18 was old, I thought 25 was elderly, literally, that was like, yeah. What I you know, and this start this stuff. I mean, you have girls who are trying to get, or they're actually getting plastic surgery Ugh. before their bodies have even finished developing. I know, it's awful. Wrinkle it's like cream, and you're like twenty. So I or think Botox.
4: I've met yeah. girls out here at like twenty five getting Botox. I'm like, girl, you're gonna mess up your nerves. That is so
2: unnecessary. Yeah. Oh. So I think it's just those sorts of things like as women that we have just internalized so deeply that we don't even realize like when we're going into these conversations and then like young girls are listening and picking up on it or they're watching it on some reality TV show. But I think that's a great place where we can all really start.
0: I totally agree. And so you have uh, your Teen Girl University and your Heart for Girls Business Academy. Can you tell us a little bit about those?
2: I'll start with Teen Girl University. That is my Girl Empowerment program for girls Mm -hmm. and it's really in the process now I've had a lot of um, clients internationally and I have parents that reach out to me and they're asking how they can get their daughters um, involved you know coached by me but I there's only one me and so (laughs) for years I've had this dream of creating an online program for girls so really if you can imagine like a virtual online quote-unquote school I mean not accredited obviously but a school where they can learn where they're not being taught traditionally in school settings so how to love your body and how to um, practice mindfulness and how to um, really one of the major areas that I'm focusing on teen girl university is really healing the sisterhood wound you Mm. know and helping girls come together globally girls who are feeling left out and isolated or divided from other girls like really giving them a safe space where they can learn about each other and really support and encourage each other oh it's so beautiful Thank you. And um, you asked me about the business academy. That's actually a bit different. So uh, over the years, since I've worked with girls for so long, I have women that reach out to me and they write to me from all over the world. And they're asking me how to bring my program into their communities or how they can become paid speakers and coaches. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I had to really struggle to figure out because I was nonprofit for so many years. And so once I hired my mentors and studied and learned and applied over, over that period of time, I wanted to really, I promise that if I ever learned how to actually profit from doing this work that I love so much, that I would show other women how to do the same thing. I love that. I created, yes. <laughs> created a business academy where I teach women the nuts and bolts of how to, I mean, the biggest thing for women in the field that I'm in. And I think just for anyone who identifies as a spirit junkie who might be listening to this podcast Mm -hmm. or anyone who's interested in helping people is really having the confidence to charge for what you love doing and to charge for this work that might feel like um, it's your spiritual work or your calling and you may not really feel like it's right. Like I had these, you know, all of these mindsets that I had to overcome and transform just in order to realize that, you know what, I can make money and I can help girls at the same time and that's okay. And I don't have to struggle and I don't have to take a vow of poverty in order to do this work. And so really the Business Academy teaches women how to create sustainable and profitable businesses for girls through speaking and coaching.
0: I think that is so beautiful. And so can you give us some tips on overcoming the mindset that you know, We can't charge for what we're worth or our work isn't good enough or that type of thing so that we really can become the transformational people, speakers, life coaches, everything like that, that we're meant to be and, and charge for that and be absolutely authentic about who we are and what we want to share with the world.
2: Yeah, I actually created uh, a free training on my uh, heartforgirls.com website for anyone who might be interested where I really go deep into the money mindsets and those shifts that I've made. But I think that personally, I mean, the first thing is to believe that it's possible mm. because my biggest barrier was I did not even have a, I had no idea that I could even get paid. I didn't have any examples at the time. So I thought that if I wanted to help girls, that I had to be a nonprofit, a five hundred one c three, or a volunteer. Did you know? So then I actually found a woman many years ago who was doing something similar, and she was a life coach for girls. And I was like, "What? You can actually make money? I've been doing this for free all this time." And so. (sighs) One is just, you know, researching, doing your homework, seeing what's possible in your field, making the decision that you actually want to get paid and that you deserve to be paid, and then working probably with a coach. If if you're anything like me, this was deeply ingrained. So I had to really over a number of years just kind of transform that mindset around charging money, because I was coming from a nonprofit field. Mm -hmm. So and I also was in a school of social work for many years. So I was just taught that like, you give everything away for free. And if this was just like some deeply ingrained (laughs) programming that I had to get over. Yeah. So that's what I see with a lot of the women that come to me. Um, I would say find a coach who has achieved the level of success that you want to create in the industry or the field that you want to specialize in. And you got to take a leap of faith, even when you don't know how it's going to work out to hang in there when the times are tough, and you don't know what the outcome is.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And like, for me, you're giving that advice. And like, that's exactly what I did. And how I found Gabby, because I wanted to find someone that was doing something close to what I wanted to do, and then learn from them. And so she's been a huge mentor for me. And I feel like I am also that mentor for other people when I am teaching them how to do the amount of success that I've achieved. And so it's like paying it forward, but I'm always learning and then I'm able to share that with other people. And it's absolutely okay to charge for that. And I still give a ton of free advice, but I also charge for my advice depending on the situation.
2: Absolutely.
0: So do you have a favorite tool or mantra or meditation to attract more of what you want into your life, whether it is more clients, whether it's it is more love, whether it is less judgment into our lives, like what are some of your favorite tools?
2: Um. Well, I like personally, I like Oracle cards. I like um, uh, guided meditation. I don't have one particular tool, but I think it's incredibly important to have a daily ritual, like a morning practice around money mindset. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I start every morning in a place of gratitude before I even get out of the bed, just kind of as I'm kind of in that in-between sleep and waking up sneezing kind of state. Like I'm just running through my mind, all the things that I have to be grateful for setting my intentions. And I think that visualization is really important. Of course you have to take action, but for me, it's like getting really clear about what it is you really desire is, is one of the the very first steps. And then you have to make a decision that you want it. And then for me, I visualize myself living really abundantly and already having achieved or accomplished what it is that I desire and I'm doing that throughout the day.
0: That's amazing and we have to get clear when we're sending those mixed messages like I kind of want this I don't know what it's gonna look like do I want this oh I can't have that because I don't have this we're sending mixed messages so I love that you said you're clear we have to be clear throughout the day in the morning at night whenever we're thinking about whenever we're talking about it you know like Call yourself out and go, nope, I'm going to switch that right now, that story. Yeah, you,
2: you just can't manifest something that's fuzzy and, you know, you have to have clarity. Like, how can you attract what you want if you don't know what it is? And this is, I mean, I teach this to girls as well mm-hmm. in a way that they can understand and relate to. But, yeah, I think I really do agree that clarity is essential. In my PhD program, I was taught to overanalyze everything So I always have all these bright shiny objects and things that I could do and what if this and you could do it that way and that's the quickest way to dilute your energy when you don't really have a clear outcome. And that's one of the things, you know, with my teen girl university, I've had this idea for a really long time. And so I've just started putting it out into the world a couple of years ago through my speaking. But in terms of the online program, it hasn't happened because I was overcomplicating it. And so that's where it helps to find a coach like Gabby is my mentor now, which is helping me get really clear about how to create that. And I just think it's really important to not go into the bright, shiny object territory. And one of the ways that I've learned to do that is by tapping into my intuition mm-hmm. and allowing that to, and I have to really remind myself of this, because a lot of times you might have a mentor that you, or someone you look up to who gives you advice in one direction, and then you realize that it may actually contradict what your inner truth is. And so I have to learn how to really trust that intuition, even if it conflicts with what I see other people doing or what others might be advising me to do. That's what has always, um, at the end of the day, worked out best for me in the end.
0: I agree with you. And that's happened to me too, where I like to take a lot of information for others and not reinvent the wheel and learn from other people's successes. But then at the same time, I go, well that work for them, what's actually going to work for me and what do I believe in. And so it's changing that narrative of what it could look like to what it will look like for you and for me and everything like that. And so I would love for you just to give some advice to anyone listening who really is passionate about these topics and how can we raise and how can we be healthy and resilient girls and women in this new digital age that we're living in.
2: Oh, well, (laughs) how much time do you have? I'm think i so glad that you asked me that question because there's so many things that we can do. And one of them I already mentioned, which is just really monitoring, you know, starting with yourself and then really monitoring like the way we're talking about our bodies, the way we're talking about other women in conversation. And this goes for men and women to be really sensitive when girls are around and um, to just really put yourself in their shoes and really think about, I think a lot of times what I see as adults will kind of, it kind of baffles me because I never really forgot what it was like to be a teenage girl. That's why I'm right. really good at what I do. <laughs> but I, sometimes it's like, you know, just journaling and reconnecting with your inner girl. Mm-hmm. And I think that's helpful for parents or for mentors or anyone who works with girls to really just put yourself back into that place and be empathetic. A lot of girls just really want to feel like they have someone who is non judgmental who will listen to them without being critical, who will just give them a safe space to, you know, they might be going through something. Like, you know, maybe your daughter actually made a poor decision and she sent some pictures to somebody and this happens pretty often. Maybe someone asked her to, like, flash them on Snapchat or something like that. And that's dealing with the aftermath. Mm -hmm. And it can be, you know, really easy to just kind of flip and kind of go into like this, like, how could you do this kind of place? And that's where a lot of these tools that Gabby teaches are helpful in terms of, okay, let's get like mindful, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like really learning in the moment, how to really step back and look at the, the, um, the bigger picture and to really learn how to be non-judgmental and to be able to help from a place where you know girls can actually get the help they need instead of hiding it. Because I see a lot of girls who are suffering in silence, and that you know what's really harmful about that is that can escalate. They can go off into severe depression or anxiety or even become suicidal over these things. And so that's why it's so important for girls to have a healthy outlet and to have someone a mentor or a coach or someone like me who can help them get through these situations. And the reality is sometimes it's overwhelming for parents. Yeah. And that's why they end up reaching out to someone like me, because to be honest with you, a lot of times I'm telling them the same thing that their parents have told them, but they're not as open to hearing it because it's coming from a parent. Mm -hmm. So it's just important to have positive role models around girls that can really reflect back some of these messages and then share some of our own stories of what we've been through and normalize it for them so that they know they're not the only one. And that they're going to make it through and they're going to be okay. That even if we go through hardships when you're a teenage girl, you can still overcome them and become successful, whatever that might look like as an adult, as a woman.
0: And it's so funny that you said that because it's so true that sometimes we cannot hear something from someone we love, like a parent or like a brother or like a husband or wife. It has to come from this outside source that is a voice of authority. And then we believe it, even if the person we love has been saying it the whole time.
2: Yes. And I know that can be so frustrating Yeah. frustrating. I mean, I think the other thing I would just say in general is to just arm yourself with, you know, the truth. And, And I know that your podcast is about food. And I would just also throw this out there since I do work around body image for parents to just really get educated about the signs of eating disorders and to really just be really conscious and have conversations with girls and make sure you're not overemphasizing weight and weight loss and keep the fat talk and the fat shaming and the body shaming kind of thing. Just be conscious of that. I mean, I just hear it all of the time. It's so much a part of our culture. So it's important to just model a positive relationship with food and with your body and to really start this at a really young age.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And everyone that I've spoken with or we've interviewed – That has suffered from an eating disorder. It always started at home and the messages that they were getting. And so it's so important. And luckily, I didn't get any of those messages um, from my parents in terms of uh, body weight or anything like that. I just got it from the media. And so it's like there's so much you can do at home. And then what else can we do to protect ourselves and our kids from the messages of the media, because there's only so much you can do around your own messages that you're sending. But then what about the media messages? What can we do to counteract those messages?
2: Well, I think some of what you can do is look for positive media, look for books that celebrate girls, don't only buy books that are about princesses and, you know, be conscious of even the children's stories and some of the cartoons and animated films that are out there have some harmful messages. So really, I think a lot of times adults the first reaction is to just turn off the tv or you know to just kind of make it go away but what i would encourage parents to do is do not run from it but to use it as an opportunity because it really can't break the ice i don't you know? i
4: don't think that's it's necessarily i i know um of a couple and i wouldn't necessarily say that i would do this but they raise their kids without tv without an ipad without disney videos that they give them books and they give them blocks. They have three boys, so it's a little mm-hmm. different with girls. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily bad to say, "Hey, go outside and play."
2: You know? I think yeah. Like, I was just talking hey. about playing hopscotch last week. I don't know if anyone even remembers that. Yeah. I or jump rope.
4: Do you guys remember <laughs> jump rope? Like course. how fun that out- was. Like now. or pl- or making up games outside. Like I think that kids are way too. I mean, there's just too much. It's it's very easy. It's a. I see toddlers wielding iPads so that they'll they'll, the parents will put it in front of them so that they'll eat they'll be entertained and they're eating what you know while they're watching this iPad I, I, I again I don't have children yet but like gosh I, I there's something lost there where it's like just throw the kid outside and let them go play if it's a safe area to go and play in
2: well the kids are spending way too much time with media technology I mean you really have to monitor that I mean, think about how creative you had to be. Like, I I was just talking yesterday, speaking of cats and animals, like how I spent my summers on a farm with my grandparents in the middle of nowhere, like, in the 80s, and I was so bored. And I remember, like, I had this little cat that I taught, like, Michael Jackson's Thriller video to. (laughs) 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 To be, like, really creative and entertain myself. I didn't have – we didn't even have – we barely had radio out there. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that those experiences – I mean, children might hate you for it, but they do build character. They won't know sp- if
4: they didn't know any better. Like I played I played witch with my best friend in her. She had a pothole in her driveway uh-huh. and we would go inside the house and grab stuff from the kitchen or the bathroom and go outside and dump stuff in this water. This There was water in the pothole and we pretended our cauldron and we would just throw stuff in I and should- stir it. And you know what? It was so much fun because we made it up. There's something fact- lost there that like we're, you know, I think we should just throw our kids back outside again.
2: There are, um, I was just going to say, I have some tips that are available, free tips for parents on my website, also at drcarla.com, if anyone's interested. And, I mean, this is my area of passion, expertise around media literacy. And one of the things I also do, I didn't mention, is I teach educators how to incorporate media into the classroom. It's actually how I got started in public health. Interestingly enough, I was a freshman in college. And so I was thrown into this classroom in Atlanta. And the children at the time were I was supposed to be talking to them about teenage pregnancy. And I had this curriculum. And they just couldn't connect with it. But what they were doing at the time is they were quoting some rap songs. Now this was the early 90s. Mm -hmm. They were quoting this rap song called Pimps. And I was like, what is that? And so I, I got my hands on the, the, It was actually a tape at the time. And I just ended up bringing in this music into the classroom and really having a dialogue and creating an entire lesson plan and curriculum around helping kids deconstruct gender roles and violence against women mm. through the lens of music that most adults would have just completely freaked out about. But at the time I was 18, so I was open to it. And it was really effective in helping them really communicate about, you know, in a language for this particular group of of teenagers, what was relevant to them, what they were, um, the pressures that they were experiencing at that time, you know, what it meant to be a young man and what it meant to be a woman. And it's everywhere. So I would use these opportunities when they come up to have these conversations and to talk to your children about what you value and to find out what what they're thinking about and to really ask neutral questions to get them talking. And I think that's a really great starting place.
0: Well, thank you, Carla. I really appreciate that. And we'll definitely check out your resources online and post them in the show notes. But um, can you do a little bit of shameless self-promotion and let everyone know where they can find you online, stalk you on Instagram, follow you on Twitter, all that good stuff. Oh, yeah.
2: On Twitter, I am at Dr. Carla. Instagram, I'm Dr. Carla Stokes. Facebook, I'm Dr. Carla. I'm pretty easy to find under Dr. Carla or Dr. Carla Stokes. My website is drcarla.com, Carla with a C. And for anyone who's interested in learning more about how to work with girls and how to reach them more effectively or to build a business in girl empowerment, that website is aheartforgirls.com. If anyone wants to bring me out to speak, that's one way. So all that information is on my website, like how, you know, I can maybe potentially come to a school or organization. I book up pretty quickly, but I do have some openings for the fall. Also just open up some spots in my private coaching practice for teenage girls for the first time in over a year. Those go quickly as well. So um, I did want to mention that if anybody wants to check that out and I'd be happy to get on the phone and see if that might be a fit. And then what I'm most excited about is the teen girl university online coaching program that I am hoping will be available in the fall of this year of 2017. Awesome. We'll keep us posted about that. We'll link to everything in the show
0: notes. And can you just talk a little bit about how being a spirit junkie and like we met at, um, spirit junkie mastermind, how that has changed your life and your business personally?
2: And I think for me personally, I've been following Gabby for so long. I can't even really remember. Whenever Admore Ing was published, that was the first book that I bought. Yep. And so I, I went through the Spirit Junkie uh, digital class and then also Level 2 and Level 3 Mastermind. And for me, I think... Coming from a really formal background, you know, being taught to be an academic researcher and um, to just be really, really, really analytical and stuck in my head, you know, it gave me permission to get back into my heart and to just really realize, you know, a lot of my work at the core is about self-love and helping girls get into their intuition and trust their intuition and to just frame it in a different way that's less about, like, what's been empirically reviewed or evidence based in my field, which is, you know, what carries the most weight, and what typically gets funded, but to give myself permission to really go into a place of intuitive knowing about how to reach girls and to take a stand for that.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here, Dr. Carla. We really appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) Hope you enjoyed that interview with Dr. Carla Stokes. I know we did. And as promised, we will tell you about the rest of the bonuses that we are offering if you enroll in Spirit Junkie Masterclass at spiritjunkienation.com. So we talked about our course, Podcast Greenlight. We talked about our six months free of our Food Heals VIP Club. We talked about the manifestation, meditations, and the coaching
4: calls with Gabby. So what else we got, Seuss? What else? We've got eco-vegan gal Whitney Lauritsen's Creative Wealth Monetization course yes. and three-month community membership. So we asked her to talk a little bit more about her Creative Wealth course and her free offer for our Food Heels Nation. Roll, Roll it, Roxy! <laughs>
1: so as one of the bonuses, I'm going to give a free pass to my online course called Creative Wealth as well as a three-month membership to the Creative Wealth online community. Awesome. And what is Creative Wealth, Whitney? So Creative Wealth is all about supporting content creators, whether they're social media influencers or bloggers, YouTubers, anyone doing online content, spreading the word about good things in the wellness, natural living space. I want to support them, help them learn new strategies, skills, tools, and really help them monetize their work so they're actually bringing in revenue from everything that they're creating. Well, we really appreciate
0: that. And I have taken courses, Food Heals Nation, With Whitney personally, and they will help your business, scale your business, and change your life, especially if you're in the health and wellness field. So thank you so much, Whitney. Thank you, Whitney. You're welcome. I'm so excited to be part of this. We're very excited about her course. Like I've told you, it was so helpful for me. We're also going to give away some physical products, right, Suze? Like some essential oils?
4: Essential oils. Now I'm singing. So (laughs) I I love Young Living Essential Oils. I was exposed to them. I was exposed to them. Mm -hmm. I was introduced to them uh, when I was in massage school and learning about energy work. Um, My energy teacher loved this company because you could actually, it's actually charted. You could actually measure that these oils actually vibrate. They Mm -hmm. vibrate energy. Their essential oils are the immune system of a plant. These are therapeutic grade. They're extremely healing on a spiritual level, on a physical level. I could go on and on. If you sign up for Spirit Junkie Digital Masterclass, we are going to send you a bottle of Young Living Lavender Oil so that you can experience it for yourself.
0: Love it. And we're going to send you a swag bag full of our favorite organic vegan products. We've got beauty products. We've got health products. We've got detox products. We give good swag. We give good swag. So you're going to get the essential oils. You're going to get the swag bag delivered straight to your door. So something to look forward to. We hope you join at SpiritJunkynation.com. See you next time, Food Heals Nation.
3: These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their thirty nine ninety nine a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately.